last 75 years, we are so grateful for God's faithfulness. We're grateful for the countless opportunities we've had to share God's love and to see people come to know Jesus. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what changes will take place in media delivery systems. But God is faithful. We trust Him. And we remain committed to proclaiming the good news of Jesus' love, to helping God's children grow in their knowledge of Jesus in order to see the church grow and God's kingdom come. Thank you so much for your prayers and your gifts. Please continue to support us as we share God's love around the world. morning. It's really a privilege to be with you this morning. I feel personally excited to be here. My wife gave me this tie for Christmas, and this is my first chance to try it out. She gave me three of them. The others were kind of wild paisley patterns, and, but this one seems like a keeper. So I'm so glad to have the opportunity to uh, be here and enjoy my new tie. But I'm even more grateful for the opportunity to be here to thank you for your part in our ministry. Just saw the video of celebrating Back to God's 75th anniversary. God has been so faithful to our ministry over these 75 years. Started out as a small radio program. God bless that. God bless the print devotional today. You saw a little bit about that but blessed us so that we have opportunities around the world using 10 major languages to share the love of Jesus Christ, using radios, using television, using the Internet, using social media. Opportunities that we could never have dreamed about even 10 years ago are so possible today. And so we're grateful for God's faithfulness We're also grateful for your faithfulness. You're our partners in ministry. As members of the Christian Reformed Church, you share with us a covenant promise to see the gospel go forth around the world. And so the gifts that you give to the denomination, part of them come to us so that we can do our work around the world. And I just have to say that uh, we see lives changed. We hear stories that are so impressive and so amazing, almost miraculous of God's power working in individual lives. And it's through your partnership with Back to God Ministries that this is possible. So this morning I say from all of our staff in North America and around the world, thank you so much. I just ask you to continue to pray for us and continue to give your gifts so that we can do the work that God has called us to do around the world. Thank you. Now I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 67. That's found on page 564 of your pew Bibles. Psalm 67. For the director of music with stringed instruments, a song, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. 
May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. The word of the Lord. Not long after my wife, Vicki, and I were married, we had the opportunity to take a camping trip from Michigan down to South Florida, where Vicki's family lives. So we went to Kmart and bought a cheap pup tent and some other cheap camping equipment. I was a student at the time, and so our resources were minimal. Lots of cheap camping gear. Piled it all into our 1984 Toyota Starlet. I don't think they make those anymore. They're, uh, but if you remember, that was a pretty small model. Piled all our stuff into the car and started heading south. I'm not sure how many days it took us, maybe one or two, got down to Lookout Mountain in Georgia. Vicki had gone to school on Lookout Mountain, and there was a nice state park there. So we set up our tent there at the campgrounds and uh, put our picnic supper out on the table. And uh, unfortunately, there were lots of bees around. I think it was because it was so dry that summer. And so, you know, we were swatting like this, and you know how that... You know, it's so unsettling to have bees flying around while you're trying to eat. And I think they were interested in our beverages or whatever. And uh, unfortunately, one of the bees got into Vicky's shirt and stung her something like seven times down her back. And so you can imagine she was in pain and agony. And we were making such a commotion there in our campsite that uh, the camp ranger came over and tried to help us settle things down. He sprayed around the campsite and gave us some salve, and I put it on Vicky's back, and we were able to finish our camp supper. Later that night, we got into our cheap pup tents and uh, went to sleep. I'm not sure what time it was, maybe around 2 in the morning, something like that. It started to rain, and then it was harder and harder and harder. Seems like our tent must have been on kind of an incline, because eventually the water just was running right through our Small pup tent there. That was back in 1986. We've been married now for 30 years, and I think as a result, one of the results of that camping trip, we've done very little camping over the years. I mentioned that about camping this morning because Psalm 67, really, the context is camping. I don't know if you know this, but Psalm 67 is often associated with Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, one of the three great Hebrew religious festivals. And at Sukkot, the people of Israel would move out of their houses. They would build some shelters, maybe put some branches over the top, and they would live outside for seven or eight days. It's probably a lot of fun, especially for the children, to be outside and enjoying, you know, campfires and meals and great time to be together. But it was also a very important worship time for the people of Israel, celebrating Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And in celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, the people of Israel were remembering two important things in their history. 
First of all, they were remembering God's faithfulness as they wandered in the desert. Remember, they had disobeyed God, and as punishment for the older generation, they were forced to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. When we think of those 40 years, obviously we think about the punishment side. And certainly that was an aspect of that experience. But when the people of Israel looked back, they saw God's faithfulness, as it says at one, in one place in the Old Testament, at every step. God's faithfulness to them. So they remembered their wandering in the wilderness and God's faithfulness at Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. But it was also a harvest festival. This festival, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, took place end of September, beginning of October. It was giving thanks for God's provision in the harvest. So they were enjoying the fruits of the growth of their crops. They had brought them in or they were bringing them in. They could hold God's faithfulness in their hands. They could taste God's faithfulness in the gathering of the crops. And so at Sukkot, time of remembering God's faithfulness in the wilderness, celebrating God's faithfulness in the harvest, and above all, God's provision for the present and promise of provision, sustenance, his presence for the future. In Psalm 67, we see the people of Israel asking for God's blessing. And so this morning, I want to think for just a few minutes about the meaning of blessing in Psalm 67. And really the meaning of blessing in the Old Testament and New Testament as well. In verse 1, we read, May God be gracious to us and bless us. The people of Israel are asking for God's blessing right up front. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And they're looking to heaven and asking for God's blessing is dependent on the fact that God has already promised to bless them. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And then we go on to read in the second line of verse 1, and make his face shine upon us. There's the foundation of their being able to ask for God's blessing based on this line, and make his face shine upon us. Are these words familiar to you? They should be. My guess is that your pastor frequently at the end of worship services uses this phrase. Do you know where it comes from? Number 6, verses 24 through 27. This is called Aaron's blessing. God gives this blessing to Moses, tells Moses to give it to Aaron, tells Aaron to give it to the people of Israel. It's the promise of God's blessing. God says to the people of Israel, his covenant people, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Psalm 67 starts out, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. 
The people of Israel at this moment celebrating Sukkot, a psalm, a song, can look to heaven and say, may God be gracious to us because he has already promised to bless them. There are two other passages in the Old Testament connected to Psalm 67, not quite as directly as number six, but nonetheless blessing passages that tie into Psalm 67. The first one I'd like to mention this morning comes from Exodus chapter 19. Do you remember the context of this passage? People of Israel have left Egypt. God has freed them from slavery there. They're at Mount Sinai now. They're about to receive the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments. And God is preparing them for this awesome encounter at the mountain. And in the preparations, God promises to bless his people. Listen to verses 5 and 6. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God promising to bless his people. There's a nuance here in this passage that we need to give a little attention to. And that is, it looks almost like transaction. I'll bless you. You must be great. You must be obedient. It's not as if God is saying, first you must be obedient, then I will bless you. No, it's more response. God says, I will bless you, and I expect out of gratitude you will obey me and keep my covenants. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. High blessing from God himself. The third passage I'd like to mention in connection with Psalm 67 this morning is from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Do you remember the context of this passage? It's called Abram's call. In this passage, we see Abram, who's been living in Ur of the Chaldeans, called by God to move to a place that God will show him. God says, I will bless you. I will make you a great name and I will bless you. I will make your name great. Here we see the beginning of blessing for the people of Israel. So we have Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abram. We've got Exodus chapter 19, the continuation of God's promise to bless his people. We have number six, Aaron's blessing, God's blessing his people. I think at this point in my message this morning, we need to pause and just ask the question, so what exactly is the connection between these three passages and Psalm 67? Our family moved from another state to Grand Rapids, Michigan, just a little over two years ago so that I could begin to work with Back to God Ministries International. At that time, our daughter was a junior at Christian High. She was a new driver, and, you know, we were a little hesitant to, you know, let her go every place in the city. She wanted to join the youth chorus that's on the other side of Grand Rapids from where we live, We live in Alger Heights, so driving on East Beltline at 4.30 in the afternoon made us a little bit nervous. So we decided to chaperone her out there, escort her out there every Monday. Fell to me to do that. And so the first time I 
Got in the car with Chloe at 4.30, drove out there to Kuiper College. I think we were a little bit late. I dropped her off, went home, came back, left the house at 6.30, picked her up. I think we got home at 7.30. It was a lot of driving. So I don't know how many times I did that, but I noticed at one point that there's a mire there at Knapp Corner. You know, Myers 50 Acres, as they used to be called back in the day. I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to do some grocery shopping while Chloe is doing her youth chorus. So on Monday nights, I'd go out to Kuiper College with Chloe and then come back to Knapp Corner, do our grocery shopping, have a cup of coffee. It worked out really well. One thing about that mire, I don't know if it's changed or not, but I remember so distinctly one of the first times I went into that mire at Knapp Corner, maybe all the mires are like this, I'm not sure, the north entrance, just to the left, inside the door, there was a big book display. And right in the very center of that book display was a picture of a very well-known American pastor. I'm not going to say his name this morning, but I can describe him a little bit. Young, athletic-looking, expensive suit, expensive-looking haircut, straight, white, shining teeth. This pastor just looks prosperous. I'm not going to say his name this morning, and I have to be a little bit fair to him. I haven't read his theology very extensively, but here's the impression I get from this well-known American pastor. His main theme is blessing. And it seems to be like this. God, bless us. God, give us health. God, give us material prosperity. God, Bless us so that our lives are smooth, enjoyable. I guess you could say in a way I'm being unfair to this pastor. Unfair in the sense that he's not the only one. This is a prominent theme in North America and around the world, the so-called prosperity gospel. God bless us. But it begs a huge question. If it's like this, God bless us, and then what? What really is the meaning of blessing? In other words, if blessing ends with me, if blessing ends with you, it really doesn't mean all that much. Is that the meaning of blessing in Psalm 67? Is that the meaning of blessing in the three passages I've mentioned this morning? No, it's not. Fundamentally, the meaning of blessing in Psalm 67 is this. Blessed to be a blessing. That's the meaning of blessing. That's the meaning of blessing that we see in Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abram. God calls Abram and says, go to a land I will show you. I will make your name great and I will bless you. And then there's a purpose clause. Doesn't bring it out so clearly in the NIV. It's like this. I will bless you so that, in order that, you will be a blessing. And then it goes on to say in verse 3, 
and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Starts out as Abram, becomes Abraham, father of many nations. His descendants go on to be the people of Israel. We, today, are the new Israel, God's people. Same thing with Abraham. God has blessed us to be a blessing. That's also the meaning of Exodus chapter 19. It's ridiculous, absurd to think that God would call the people of Israel a holy nation, a kingdom of priests as an end in itself for the people of Israel only. God blesses them to be a blessing. God blesses us to be a blessing. And we see this so clearly God's desire for us to be a blessing to the nations. We see this so clearly in the connection between number six and Psalm 67. In number six, the name used for God is Yahweh, Jehovah. It's the covenant name that God uses for his special people. It's the name we see in number six, Aaron's blessing. And in quoting Aaron's blessing, the psalmist, he doesn't use Yahweh. He uses a different name for God. He uses the name Elohim. Difficult to translate into English. It refers to God's strength and his power. Elohim is the name used in the Old Testament in reference to God's place over all the nations of the earth. Psalm 67 is about blessing, but it's a missionary psalm. We see that right at the very heart of Psalm 67. Psalm 67 verses 3 and 5 are a refrain. Psalm Psalm 67 verse 3 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Sorry, that's verse verse 1. Verse 3, May may the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Verse 5 repeats that refrain. And then we come to the very heart of the desire for blessing. Why do the people of Israel ask for blessing? In Psalm 67, it says in verse 4, May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. People of Israel, they're celebrating Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. They're giving thanks for God's faithfulness in the wilderness, God's faithfulness in the harvest. As if it's not already enough, the blessings they receive, they ask for more blessing. Why? So that they can be a blessing. So that the nations of the earth may be glad and sing for joy. Blessed to be a blessing. That's the meaning of blessing in Psalm 67. That's the meaning for blessing, of blessing for us today. This morning, I look out at this congregation. I see generations of family. I see people who are vigorous. I sense vitality in your worship. I can say without a shadow of doubt, God has blessed you. Of course, that doesn't mean life is easy. But I think that if I asked you this morning, right now, to raise your hand, has God blessed you? 
most of you would do that. What are these blessings for? So that you can be a blessing in your families, in your communities, in your schools, in your job, in North America, around the world. Blessed to be a blessing. What does that mean for us at Back to God Ministries International? One of the great things about my job as director is I get to read the letters that come in from around the world, seeing how our media ministry not only is broadcast, but has impact on lives of people around the world. Not so long ago, we received a message from a young man in the Middle East named Siafwa. I'm not sure which country he lives in. Doesn't matter. We all know that the Middle East is a difficult place to proclaim the gospel. Through our Arabic language ministry, Siafwa heard the gospel. Moved by the power of the Holy Spirit, he confessed Jesus as his Lord and Savior. It's a miracle. Almost from the start, after beginning to believe, Siafwa asked our uh, media uh, discipleship workers how he could learn to share his faith. Over a period of time, uh, using perhaps Skype or SMS text messages, Siafwa was discipled in his faith. We received a message not so long ago saying that several members of his family had also come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God has blessed Back to God Ministries. We are being a blessing around the world. Siafwa is just one example of the Holy Spirit using this ministry to be a blessing in difficult places. Siafwa now has been blessed to be a blessing. I understand that he's a gifted musician, that he likes to take the Psalms and put them to Arabic-style music. I don't know if he's done it, but it sure would be fitting for him to do Psalm 67. Blessed to be a blessing. I need to mention two other things about Psalm 67 before closing this morning. The first is about an underlying truth, the foundational truth that Psalm 67 is built on. Not here in the text, but we can't leave Psalm 67 without mentioning this undergirding truth. Did you ever have that where a song will get into your head, maybe a line from a song, and I don't know about you, but with me it's just one line and it goes over and over and over to the point where I wish it would stop. Do you ever have that? I had that experience when I was working on Psalm 67. A hymn from my boyhood kept coming into my mind and over and over. Finally, I got to the point of, I better look up the lyrics so I have more than just one phrase in my mind. I did that. And this song may have some suspect theology, but it gets one thing right. Can you guess the song I'm thinking of this morning? No, it wasn't Count Your Many Blessings, although that certainly would have been appropriate. It wasn't, Lord, make me a blessing, although that would have been very relevant or fitting as well. No, it was a different song. Showers of blessing. 
Do you know that song? I don't know. You know, we don't seem to sing it as much today. Showers of blessing. Like I said, I wasn't so comfortable with all the lyrics. But there's one thing that this old favorite song gets right. And that is the source of blessing. The first line starts out, there shall be showers of blessing. The end of the first stanza ends, sent from the Savior above. That's the truth that undergirds Psalm 67. Have you received blessing? They come from and through the Savior above. They come from Jesus Christ himself. He is the source of all our blessings. The source of blessings that Psalm 67 is tied into and the other passages I've mentioned earlier. These are all from sent from the Savior above. One last thing I need to mention this morning, and that is about the future tense of this psalm. I don't know if you noticed when I was reading it, the verbs are all future tense. But there's one past tense in Psalm 67, and that is in verse 6. The NIV doesn't bring it out so clearly, but should say, the land has yielded its harvest. Started out this morning talking about Sukkot, the people of Israel moving outside their houses, building their shelters, living outside for a week, celebrating the harvest. The land had yielded its harvest. The people of God were giving thanks because of God's faithfulness. And they were asking for more blessing, not for themselves. Not only for themselves, but so that they as a people could also be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. I think this is a fitting passage for the first Sunday of 2015. As we look forward, we're not expecting that things will be necessarily smooth or easy in this coming year. But I think we can expect that God will continue to bless us. And that leaves us with the question and the challenge. Each one of us, how will we use the blessings that God has given us? Shall we pray? Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship you here this morning, to give thanks for your many, many blessings. Blessings that come to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. The greatest blessing being His death and resurrection, making us right with you, reconciled to you as your children. Thank you for this great, great blessing of salvation in Jesus Christ. We pray that you help each one of us as we face this new year, to be thankful every day, to count our blessings every day, and to use the blessings that you've given each one of us, and as a church, to be a blessing in the world, starting in our homes and moving out to the nations, so that the nations might be glad and rejoice. We pray this in the name of our precious Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Amen.